Hi guys, thanks for tuning in once again. Shout out to all our listeners who have stayed true um, on the show. Today is another podcast day. Remember, it's a show where we bring you fresh and exciting content. It's real, it's raw, and it's the truth. Welcome to this week's edition of the Truth Podcast. Hello guys, and welcome once again to another episode of the Truth Podcast, where we bring you real, raw, and stuff that is actually the truth. I remain your girl, Blessing Warren, and today is another weekend show where we're going to dive into so many nice things that I trust will be of benefit to you out there. With me here is Uche, and um, you're welcome on board, you're welcome to the show. This week we'll be talking about behind the bars, what happens behind the scenes, what happens behind the prison bars, the injustice and um, prison reforms generally. And uh, we're glad you're here, so just sit back and um, stay, stay with us. Okay, and to take us into this topic, like I said before, it's going to be very, very informative. Is none other than a human rights activist. He's a lawyer of about 10 years at the bar, and he's going to take us through a whole lot. He's in the person of Chidi Judimba. It's so good to have you Thank here you so on much, the right. show. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. He is the founder of Legal Access Foundation International, where, of course, he gives a whole lot of free services to people of society, basically, in particular interest in prison inmates. He started a project about two and a half years ago where he wanted to actually help about a, a thousand people and so far he's been able to accomplish that with particular interest of the prisoners like i said before of this number we have about 650 prisoners who have enjoyed pro bono services from this foundation you're so welcome can you please just tell us more about what you do and how it's been so far I want to say it's a great privilege to be uh, invited for this talk and I'm Chidi Judimba, I'm the founder of Legal Access Foundation International, it's an NGO, we provide free legal services to indigent members of the society with particular interest in prison inmates who don't have lawyers to defend them. Legal Access Foundation is in 29 states across the country and we've started active uh, work in 15 of those states. And then we've provided free legal services to people who do not have the money, the way we do, to retain the services of lawyers. And we're glad about the successes we've recorded over the last two and a half years where we've been pursuing our project, Project 1000, a project which we set up to offer legal services to 1,000 indigents within three years. We've exceeded that number. And of that number still, at least 650 former inmates have left the Nigerian prisons and we're glad, glad about that result. Wow, that's really, really amazing. It's good to know that you've done, you've created such impact in society. Honestly, it's really, really commendable. And I'm sure all our viewers out there really want to check you out, you know, to see how they too can also be part of this laudable um, exercise. Thank you. Well, we really, really do appreciate you. Thank you once again for being part of the show. Um, so, um, like Mr. Uchi said, we're talking about Nigerian prison reforms, basically, on the topic behind the bars, looking at what actually goes on behind the scenes. And um, Mr. Timber, they've now, I, I, there's an act that was a bill that was passed um, just two years ago, and they changed the name from Nigerian prison services to Nigerian correctional services. Now, 
When I think of prison before, I just think about the place where criminals are there. Just keep them away from society because they're like a nuisance, they're causing havoc to society. So when they now change to, to correctional services, it sort of brought some maybe more comfortable. But I want to know, is that really the reality? Are those inmates that go into prison actually going through a correctional service? Well, for me and for us at Legal Access Foundation International, the only change that has happened is in the name. Really? In wow. theory. And the prisoners remain worse off. What has only changed is changing the name from Nigerian Prison Service Act to Nigerian Correctional Service Act. Nothing has changed. In fact, you get to the prison and you find people who are there who shouldn't be there. It's not debatable that the most of those who are in prisons, which I still call prison, not correctional centers, the most people are there are still awaiting trials. You find people who are there who maybe were accused of stealing things just worth items worth 100 naira. So I don't know what is correctional about such things. Just yesterday, um, on June 23rd, on July 19th, I had interactions with prisoners, and then some of them are there without any arraignment in court, without any trial, without any judgment, without any sentencing. So I don't know what is correctional about the name Nigerian Correctional Service Act. It's only in the name, it's in theory, not in practice. Well, guys, you've heard it. That's pretty sad. So that's supposed to give a general public some semblance that something is being done, you know, but actually in practice, it's actually nothing being done. We talked about prisoners still awaiting trials. It's, it's very sad to know that in prison we have like over 70,000 inmates and about 70% of those inmates are still awaiting trials. Truly, that could be your brother, that could be your sister, that could be your loved one. About 70%. Now, how does that come about? Because I was just thinking, 70% are still awaiting trials. It's a large number. We're not talking about 10%, 15%, 70%, like over half the population of those in prisons nationwide are still awaiting trials. Like for a year, two years, three years, I don't know, like the number of years some people have actually stayed waiting. I'm sure you have that experience. So you could give us some statistics. But how, how, how has it been that that's, that's what's going on? Well, ordinarily the, the, the protocol should be that a suspect is apprehended, arrested, and then is maybe by the police and the person is brought to court. And upon being arraigned in court, then there's a remand order. So the person is taken from the court to the prison. But what you find out in many cases is that there are those who get to the prison and get confined there without following the due process. I have personally interviewed people who have been in prison for seven years, for nine years, for 15 years, without any trial. In fact, during one of my interviews with uh, the prison inmates, I got to know, um, without having to disclose the particular prison involved now, of a prison inmate who had been in prison for 44 years without really? any trial. Wow. 44 years. Without any trial. 44 years. That's a lifetime. That is gotten yeah. married, had kids, <laughs> probably been a grandfather. Yes. And okay. so, at Legal Access Foundation uh, International, by God's grace next week, we are filing an action on behalf of four prison inmates because they've been in prison for more than one year without any trial, without even smelling the courts. And then we're saying that this is a breach of their fundamental rights. And we're not even asking for 
they are released from prison, from incarceration. We are also saying that the government did wrong for putting them behind bars against their will, against their consent. And sometimes the reason why many people find themselves in prisons is because there are influential people in the society who just want to teach someone a lesson. Mm. And the reason why many people are in prison is because they are poor. Poverty is the reason why many people are in prison. They don't have anybody to speak on their behalf. Mm. They don't have anybody to fight on their behalf. They don't have the money to pay lawyers to speak for them. And that's why we at Legal Access Foundation International, we stand out for these people to say, no, they should have access to justice despite their indigency. All right, Mr. Chid, I want to ask the question, why is it that prisoners are blocked from having access to justice. Why, why is that? You know, the thing I had said earlier is that they are poor. They don't have the money to retain the services of lawyers. Now, there's this impression the society also have that lawyers are provided for prisoners who are indigent by... Lawyers are provided by the Ministry of Justice. Yes, and Legal Aid Council. Now, this is not truly the case. Mm. Now, let me ask you. Check. If the Ministry of Justice is prosecuting Mr. A, how will the same Ministry of Justice be the one defending Mr. A? It's against public interest. Even though it's allowed in law that the same ministry that is providing defense for you is the same ministry that is prosecuting you. And it's the same ministry that will perhaps carry out the sentencing or try you. But I, I like what the Legal Aid Council of Nigeria is doing. What they do under the Act is that they provide lawyers you know, for such people and in fact sometimes in court the courts may even appoint them lawyers from Legal Aid Council of Nigeria to represent such uh, indigent people. So that's one other reason why people do not have access to lawyers is because they do not know of organizations that offer free legal services, mm. just like Legal Access Foundation International does. So people do not know. And the, the other third part is because um, of where they live, the proximity of such people. They may be living in rural areas, so it makes access, access to information of organizations like this. And I, I use this medium to call on my colleagues who are lawyers, legal practitioners, that you could as well, from the wealth of experience you have, and take out a case. It's again because we as lawyers do not provide such services to them. That's why they do not have access. But if we do our bits gently, one after the other, just you don't have to do everything. Just do what you can do. That way people will have more access to justice that's why next my next question is mr chidi i i really want to i want us to elaborate on this all these correctional centers so to say are they really correctional centers do they function as a correctional centers or it's just a den of keeping people you know just keep them there for only god knows when how many years are they really performing the correction needed well when someone gets to prison it's expected that there should be some kind of reformation, corrections, so that when they come back into the society, they become reformed individuals, they can uh, reintegrate with the society. Yeah. But what we have found out by experience is, again, that when some people come out, they get hardened, except where they can fall into the arms of um, 
uh, non-governmental organizations that can help to reform such individuals. So when you get to a prison that is supposed to house just 500 people, housing 1,200 people, I don't think that's connection. There is a government in the northern part of Nigeria that celebrated the building of a prison recently. That was sometime uh, last year. And my thinking was, why the celebration of building a new prison? Were you supposed to be having more prison inmates in your facilities than you should be having more of them coming into the society, having been reintegrated? So they are not really correctional, so to say. There are reasons why people get into prisons. They shouldn't be there at all. For instance, if someone committed a petty crime, a petty crime, instead of you sentencing such people to prison, why not have some kind of alternatives, non-custodial punishments mm. to such people instead of sending them? So that is the reason why the prisons will keep getting populated mm. and populated. For instance, we intervened in one matter in Abuja um, sometime last year. Now, we were in court for another matter. And when the defendant was arraigned in court, he pleaded guilty. What he did was that he stole and he had restituted what he stole to the victim. Mm. And when the court was about to pass the sentence and we observed that there was no lawyer representing him, we had to stand up on his behalf. And then we said to the court, this is just a 23-year-old boy promising youth, if you sent him to the prison, what would be his life after oh, mixing yeah. up with perhaps convicts? I'm robbery convicts or homicide convicts. So we suggested to the court that let there be an alternative instead. Uh, instead of him, you know, having to go to the prison, let there be a non-custodial punishment. And the court listened to us. So what the court did was to ask him to sweep and to clean the court premises for 30 days. Wow. That was his punishment. Do you mean that what he stole, that this could relieve him of his Simple. prison sentence? Yes. And wow, this is amazing. That's what we did. We intervened in wow. that. We had done that in several cases. It is only when we see these things in practice, then we can Honestly. say, truly, we have a Nigerian Correctional Service Act ah. in operation, not just in theory. Hmm. Wow, this is amazing. This, this means that your voice matters, especially to all the lawyers out there, just like what um, Legal Access Foundation International is doing. You can also key into this. I know many lawyers are giving pro bono services, but it can never really be enough. Honestly, your intervention really matters as well. Thank you so much. It's good to know that um, you're really at the forefront of creating that change that is really really necessary um now he was um uchi had asked about what goes on behind the bars what actually goes on behind the scenes how these uh, inmates are hardened how they come out actually worse then then i want to know what's the rationale about keeping so many people in a prison that can't contain them yes you talked about the um northern um the new prison that was being built i don't think it's wrong to actually build um new prisons especially if you're going to decongest the ones that seem so full mm. but if the motive is to actually bring more mm. inmates in that are not supposed to be there then it's pointless but if it's about because i know the president had said he's going to build more prisons especially after this whole act and bill was passed which we haven't seen much to that effect so i want to know what is actually the rationale about bringing so many people does it it doesn't tell on our economy only gets worse so what's actually the rationale why do they have so many people than what they're supposed to have. We know that it's because they're just bringing people in, but on a government front, on, on an, an economical front, is there really any rationale bringing people 
Yes. So please, please supposed to have 35 people, you have 140 people. Well, from the point of view of a human rights activist, people have to go to prison to centers like that if they are suspected of having committed crimes. So people should stay off crimes. The more people commit crimes, the more people will get them. So the government is doing their job. So they also do that to sanitize the society. So that's why it should be that. So I don't see anything political about it. I don't see anything economical about it. It's even a waste on the part of government. So we should as well help the government not get into criminal activities so that we don't get into the prisons. Otherwise, the more we people keep committing one offense, suspected of having broken the law, then they will get them. But and sir, I feel um, the waste is actually having 50,000 people that haven't gone through trial that are eating taxpayers' funds for so many years. It took about 44 years now. It took about 7 years, 8 years. That man that stayed there for 44 years was consuming taxpayers' money mm. for so long. He hadn't gone through trial. So I, that's why I'm beginning to wonder whether there's some, there's, there's some other economical, some other benefit politically. But I get that, yes, that's the idea of being in prison. But I'm really trying to understand the rationale of having people that haven't gone through trial. 70% of them just taking people's funds. Well, ju ju just to add that. to what I said earlier, it's, I think the government should begin to consider the waste. Mm. economically, financially. Now, if someone had been accused or suspected of committing a crime of maybe the person stole an item worth 100 naira, 200 naira, 500 naira, and it is said that the government spends 450 naira a day for a prisoner. So, it doesn't make any economic sense that someone who was alleged to have committed a crime was just 500 naira. is being fed every day 450 naira for hormones. So why I think it's when someone is arraigned in court, the courts should also consider, should we take the person to the correctional centers, mm. even though I prefer to call them prisons, <laughs> or should we, maybe some kind of other softer landings, you know, instead of putting them in such places. Yes, if these people can provide um, uh, um, sureties that can take them up on bail and then you know give words that they would attend their trials then instead of taking them to the prisons i think some other measures should come up some other measures could the, the prisons are just too jam packed i've been to several prisons they are just too too jam packed you find people okay even without me providing you with the the details now google this check pictures or images of nigerian prisons on google you will find the cell systems. I can't. I'm not providing you anyone. You can't say I provided you. But I'm giving you the link. Just Google images of Nigerian prisons. Then you will see the sorry pictures. It's, it's honestly, it's it's really really sad. You see people that they eat there, they cakes there, they bath there, they play there. They get so used to it, like it's not. I'm not even talking about health hazards that actually go on. Behind the really, it's really inhuman. It's very inhuman it how humans have been treated in prison. I would not tell my brother to commit a crime and go there. Please stay off crime. It's not yeah. a place you should be. It's not a place you should actually want to go to. But I want to say something. I, I have I have a very um I have a very my my heart is beating fast. I want to say this. There are some people who are unlawfully picked up from the street, so to say. 
and they are taken to the prison. You have sets of people, maybe just um, maybe let I don't want to call anybody, I don't want to mention them, but there are some unlawful um, mishandling of people on the street. You just just pick people up and okay, put them here, yeah, just read them, read just clear them. everybody off and put them in the prison without no reason. Maybe maybe because the person is dressed in a way or he has um hair or maybe he has beards or something. So just pick everybody, okay? Oh yeah, everybody brought to that is inhuman i don't know if i don't I, I really don't know why is why that is i really want to know why secondly the way they have been treated we have so many prisons and we have some 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 minors in the prisons in the prison cell they are treated i don't i i, I really why don't are know why are minors there well l- l- let me take it from well, these people who are sometimes just arrested upon a raid in 2013, Yahaya, without mentioning his surname, was picked up where he was eating just because of a police regular raid. And he was threatened to be shot at if he ever took a step further. So Yahaya was taken with four other people. Yahaya remained in prison. His relatives did not know his whereabouts. His friends did not know his whereabouts. And under the law, if the people who were supposed to hear from you ordinarily have not heard for you from you, for seven years, it is presumed that you are dead. Uh. When Legal Access Foundation got to court sometime in 2018, it was the prison wardens who pleaded with us to intervene in this case. Then we announced our appearance for Yaya. The court recorded it that we were announcing appearance. I'm glad to say that in May this year, Yaya was discharged and acquitted of the alleged offense of armed robbery. Oh. So what happens? Okay, sorry, sorry. Seven years had passed. Without any compensation to Yaya. We had also intervened in the case of Suleiman, just a raid like this. We are intervening in other four cases that I said earlier were going to be filing their actions next week. Then you get to the point of minors being in prison. The shocking and surprising one is this that you may find a minor who is not even up to 18, as at the time a crime was alleged to have been committed, and someone had written that he's 21. And we don't know why, whether it's overzealousness mm. that these officers do these things. Some of them is because they want to get promoted from their rank and file positions to a more enviable position. But we think justice should be for all. That's yeah. the rationale yeah. I was talking about. Because mm. I began to wonder why we have so many people. This is another reason beyond politics. They actually want promotion. That's yeah. why they don't mind shoving so many people Selfish there without reasons, trials. You, you, you are listening to the Truth Podcast. And yes, we're still here in the studio, and with us, we still have here Mr. Chidi Jude Dimba. Yeah. He's the founder of Legal Access Foundation International. He's been offering pro bono service for like over five years now, and well, with particular interest to prison inmates. Our topic today still remains behind the bars. Thank you so much for listening so far, and thank you, sir, for being here on the show. Thank you so much. Well, guys, now it's over to you guys, our listeners and viewers. We have questions that came in during the week, and we'll be asking our resource person here today. Um, she will try to omit the name so that um, for some particular reasons, anyway. Um, a question came in uh, within the week um, talking about... Which, let me even take it off from there because you also talked about the whole raid which he asked. 
a question came in in the case of a raid what should the person do like you mentioned the person was eating and they just picked him up and you now take seven years so this person actually asked before now in the term in instance of a raid what should you do well what we I would advise people to do who find themselves in such unfortunate circumstances is according to the late Nnamdi Azikiwe, only a fool argues with a man with a gun. Hmm. Obey them. If they are asking you don't resist arrest. Because in resisting arrest, you may have a shot in your legs and somebody will say you were trying to drag the rifle with him or with them. So just don't resist arrest. Go with them. When you get to the station, I can't always predict what will happen, but from the interventions we've had, it's never been funny. So I pray that you will not go through such experiences. When you have a lawyer come around, just make mention to the lawyer why you are there. Lawyers are kind-hearted people. Even if that particular lawyer will not handle that case, they will make reference to organizations that offer such pro bono services, they will come for you. They will come for you. So, don't, 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 don't fear, don't jitter, don't show yourself too bold. And when you get to the station, don't quote law. Don't tell them, it is my right. Please, this is Nigeria. Mm. We are coming to that point where you can quote law to any police officer. For instance, I know a country that if they ask you a question, if a police officer asks you a question, just tell them, I don't answer questions. And they will allow you to go. But not in Nigeria. Not yet. Not yet. We are coming to that point. So when you get to the station, don't quote law. Otherwise, you might find yourself on the other side of... Um, the divide. So be calm, be calm. Tell them you would like to make a call. Try to memorize the numbers of people who you can reach out to in case of emergencies. And let me just use this opportunity to say this to us. Some of us who buy the phones or computer systems on the roadside, or we buy phones or laptops without or gadgets, electronic gadgets without receipts from wholesalers, please try and stop it. If you can put up money to buy. A, 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 a new one it will be better for your sake because somebody might have used a phone to commit a crime and sold it at a much cheaper rate to you and the current state of the law is that if a crime was committed and you were found with that device it is taken circumstantially that you committed or perpetrated or participated in the crime you may go to prison for that mm. oh, thank you so so much so you heard it all don't fight with officers, don't try to be smart because you actually can't, they've got the rifle and as much as possible try to keep one or two numbers in your mind and then ask for that phone call politely if you must. Don't just say, yeah, it's my right, it's my right. Like he said, this is Nigeria. Yes, abroad, they tell you, they're entitled to that phone call, which of course many people call their lawyers, but that's not actually the system in practice that runs here. Thank you so much. Also got a question from Mrs. Um, Oladapo. And she had said that what she actually wants to know what vocation these inmates get involved in. Is there any form of education behind the bars? Yes, yeah. And I, I must commend the National Open University of Nigeria. They, they've been doing very well. You know, um, they even actually go to the prisons, the correctional centers, if you prefer that. I prefer prisons because that's the reality. So they go to the prisons and then they offer some form of formal education to the inmates there and they write their general certificates of examinations and some of them even have there's one I read last year who is preparing for his masters and then some of them also learn some kind of skills while they are 
they do this in conjunction. The prison um, service do this in con- or correctional service do this in conjunction with non-governmental organizations who come to train them. You know, and over time their workshops are organized and then some trainings are organized so that at the time they are leaving the prisons, at least they've learned one skill and they are not leaving the prison altogether empty-handed and useless to the society. So they 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 encourage such things. So it's actually going on. It's, it's going happening. It's happening. Seventy thousand people. Uh, it's I cannot say it happens with all of them. Okay, but at least you yes. Can but I can that. say that I have seen. I know mm-hmm. that we as well we get involved with such. Okay. You know, so we do the trainings as well. So that's so a big ups and a big thanks to all those NGOs that are seriously involved with prison inmates and their welfare. Great, good job. Great, great. So um, those are questions that came in. We actually have a couple more, but we can just take only these two questions. And somebody also shared their experience, right, on um, what happened when he went to SARS. You know, it seems that so many people, a whole lot goes on beyond uh, being sentenced or whether or not being sentenced, just being behind bars. There are a whole lot of um, government organizations that actually have provision for detainment. Uh, we see that with EFCC. We see that with the... Um, Secret Service, they have places where they actually detain people, suspects, and what we've seen, or we've got an experience of someone, he came out and he said he's actually traumatized, that was his word from what he saw, he saw that the smell that came out was just, the smell it was oozing, the smell that came out from there, actually he went there because his um, in-law, there was a raid, they said it was a suspected Yahoo boy, so many things came up, they just raided the old your boys that were there, and then the mother had to come in, beg them. We told her to pay a certain amount, close to 600,000 euro. At the end of the day, the mom paid 200,000 euro to get him out. I'm like, really? From 600 to 200, was it a money thing or was it actually a crime? You know, I began to wonder. But then what he saw behind there got him traumatized. He said he saw old people, young people like 18, 23 year olds, people that are also elderly with swollen, swollen feet. And that they had been standing because there was no single space. So they would defecate there, their feet were swollen from standing, sores, and no space. So if you got if you got a corner to stay, because they just saw people looking so dread, you know, it was just what he this, I'm describing what he had described, and it was just um sad. So it was like blessing, I don't wish my enemy to go behind bars, be it a detention room or prison proper. I do not wish my enemy to be there. That was his experience. Can you relate with that? Yes, I can. Like I had said earlier, just check on Google. Images, pictures of Nigerian prisons. You may as well find just what she described. You will find inmates who are standing. Mm. I have some of these pictures. You will find inmates who are standing because there's no space. No space. People are lying on top of themselves. And it's a pathetic situation. So... Mm. I, I also want to plead, uh, please permit me to say this quickly. Now, one of the reasons why I also I am convinced from experiences why people are populating our prisons is because there are many prosecutors who are abandoning cases in courts. A prosecutor brings a charge and a defendant, a criminal defendant, is arraigned in court. For one reason or the other, the prosecutor is nowhere to prosecute the case. The case with all diligence. So you find these people. That was what happened to Yahaya. Yahaya's trial started, but for one reason or the other, the prosecutor abandoned it in 2015. So they remained in court. 
So we have seen such people, they remain in prison rather. So we have seen such situations where prosecutors abandon cases. And unless the matter goes through the legal process, the defendants will not know their fate. So, so these wow. things are real. So they are real. They are real. That's, that's, that's real. another rationale because I was wondering, that also answers my rationale question. Why yes. is that there are so many people in that thing? So the fault is also from lawyers as well. They yes. abandon cases yes. and keep allowing this numbers increase of those yes. awaiting trials. Thank you so, so much. Mr. Chief, it's been a lovely, it's been an informative time. Yeah, wow. my wow. eyes wow. have really wow. been opened and I really feel for inmates there in prison and we really are backing all the NGOs that are really doing a whole lot of work, even the government uh, bodies, Legal Aid Council. really want to say kudos to you guys. Keep the good work and keep moving. We also want to say out there that crime does not pay. Hard work pay pays and try as much as possible to stay out of trouble. Alright, before we before we round up on you, um, Mr. Chidi, do you have any advice? Just um, one minute, an advice to from our viewers out there and those that are in prison that might see this video and it's just one or two advice. Okay. My advice to my wonderful listeners is you don't have to be a lawyer to know the law. You don't have to be. So get to know the law. Mm. Make friends with lawyers. You don't have to have a case before you call a lawyer. Make friends with lawyers. Some of this information are free all over. I wish you all the best. Stay away from crime. Right. Thank you, sir. So you can follow Chidi on his Instagram page, his Twitter, and of course you can check out his website, Legal Access Foundation International. Just check them out if you need pro bono service. It's truly there at your service. Thank you so much. I see you again. Blessing Warren and Uche. Bye. Stay blessed. Thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast.